Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur Show. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs, or you can find me personally at Justin Bizarro on Facebook, Threads, and Instagram. If you're interested in being on the show, please DM us. We're happy to have you on the show. If you have questions that you would like to ask or have me ask the entrepreneurs who come on the show and have those questions answered, please DM them to us. Also, if you want to find this show or any of the other shows we do, you can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. And I want to just say thank you to all the guests out there, all the food entrepreneurs in the world for helping us get into over 140 countries in the world. Okay, that is pretty awesome to be listened to all the time around the world. It is a very big honor, but more, it's an honor and a credit and a reflection of the entrepreneurs who give their time and volunteer their time and come on here to tell their stories and have international impact with them and inspire a world, especially when most of the world isn't as free as we are in the United States. But there are food entrepreneurs in every city, in every country, in every part of the world. Because there are restaurants, there are markets, there are farmers, there are farmers markets everywhere in the world. So, that being said, I appreciate everyone for listening in. We have a very special guest with us again, Pam Brown of Nana's Lemonade out of Nashville, Tennessee. This is her part two. We are going to talk a little bit about, right at the beginning here, what it takes to collaborate and be a community within the food world and what it means to help each other succeed. And when we help each other succeed, we raise the water for all the boats or all the entrepreneurs in that industry, whether it's food trucks, whether it's pop-ups, whether it's restaurants, whether it's farms, whether it's co-packing, whether it's grocery stores, whether it's hospital or schools or any other institutional feeding when we demand better when we ask questions when we come together as a community and help each other and help humanity and help the creatures on this planet the results are great and as we're about to get into nana's lemonade would not have been started without the community and the support of michael spencer so let's dive right into this i thank you guys again and here we go. So mm-hmm. talk agree. talk to me a little bit about Michael. You mentioned he came into your life. Talk to me about how he's helped you and sort of his influence on you and your business. Mm. Michael is uh, one of those people that just has the most amazing attitude. I think it's his you can do anything you want to do type of mindset. And he's just developing an amazing brand for when you're an entrepreneur and you're starting something like this. Sometimes you might have a day where you might self doubt just a tab, or you might need some advice and say, Hey, what do you think about this? You know, this person reached out to me and I don't know how to answer them. You know, especially when you're learning how to do, you know, special requests for like PTOs or hospital events, things like that. So I think Michael just being there has been just, it's been tremendous for me. He's just been open. If I have a question, he'll answer it. And, and then people, people like him, we, we pay it forward because when he pays that forward to me and then someone asks me a question, I'm going to pay that forward. 
Nashville is a big city, but it's really not. Um, I think every, uh, this week I was somewhere and someone started talking and they said, oh yeah, I work here and here. I was like, oh my gosh, I know exactly who you're talking about. So I think Michael just touches so many different people. He's just helped me a lot with just advice and just keeping me in the game. I love this. Yeah, he's a great guy. I'm his gonna... product is amazing. I, I am, I, his drive is just amazing. Like when you talk about hot dogs in Nashville, his is the place. He's just growing and growing and growing. Best product out there, best food, best attitude, the way he treats his customers. So I just try to emulate him. Yeah, he's got quite, an, he's a Nashville native, just um, mm-hmm. for the audience, in case you haven't listened to the previous, his five episodes so far by the time this one comes out, this episode comes out. But it's incredible the way he is immersed himself in this. And with only being a little over three years old, his business, he's really already made such impact on the world around him and with other food entrepreneurs. I think he's an extremely gifted individual, and he's really worked hard at developing that gift, those seeds that have been planted in him. And I think he's an inspiration uh, to me, and I've been doing this for, you know, I was – 25 plus years as an adult, but like <laughs> my whole life since I was a kid, I've been an entrepreneur in food and farming and, and my family's been in food for since I can remember, you know, since I was born. And so the, the thing about it is, is, and I'm going to give an example to everyone actually of paying it forward. Okay. Aldi, I think that's the way you pronounce it is a grocery store. Okay. I don't know if they have them down South, but they're growing rapidly across America. And one of the cool things about them is you have to put a quarter into your cart to release the cart off the chain. Okay. Here's the crazy weird part about what goes on here is literally like the other day I'm in Pennsylvania I'm grocery shopping there because I'm like I got to experience this place everyone talks about Aldi everyone talks about the products there you know that they have Italian products and and high-end products and and clean label products and as well as our normal everyday products I'm like but they you know nothing's guaranteed in stock like they just rotate through inventory so there's always different stuff there gluten-free whatever you know, if you're into that, you know, almond uh, milk, ice cream, stuff like that, that they rotate through. They don't always have everything, like I said, but they have a lot. Well, I don't have a quarter in my car, okay? Because, like, I literally, like, this is a funny story, but I used to, like, for all the time I've had my truck, I just kept piling change into bags. And finally, the other day, I'm like, I went to a coin star and I put all the money into a coin star and collected out my cash, which was. I don't even know how to tell anyone this, but if you really keep your change in our in our eyeful of it, I mean, I was well over three hundred dollars in change, which is like <laughs> not like three hundred dollars is a ton, but the fact that I had that much coin and I literally had about five gallon Ziploc bags full of coins in my car from over the years, like just cleaning them up or carrying them with me or whatever, or just moving from place to place. I just had the these bags, but I don't have a quarter in my car. Like literally it's like two days before I did this. And then now I don't have a quarter in my car. And someone's like, someone literally gives me the card and says, Oh, don't worry about it. Someone gave me their car with a quarter in it. I'll just pay it forward. Yep. And like literally as I'm putting away the card, I'm not put chaining my card again in the parking lot. And 
and because I'm like, all right, someone gave this to me, I should give it away. The lady goes to hand me a quarter. I'm like, no, no, someone already gave it to me. I'll pay it forward. And she's like, oh my gosh, every time I come here, people are giving me their cart. I have never actually put 25 cents in a cart. And that's what I'm talking about, guys. It's like they're passing it on. They, It's not ours to hold. And like for me, you know, I believe in God. I don't believe uh, our lifetime is made that way either. It's for us to keep passing on and giving what we learn on to the next generation or on to the next human or animals, however that looks on our planet, food, however you want to look at it. But I think that that's the best example that I can give is this quarter you put into a car- shopping cart. One, it encourage you to put the cart away, which is a, a great habit. Like we see these grocery stores, people are so just leave their carts in the middle of the parking lot and don't put it away and don't build those healthy habits, I would call them. That's a healthy habit, putting something back where you found it. Or if you didn't find it there, leaving something better better than the way that you found it. You know? Have so, you noticed how all these is not like that? Like when you talk about leaving shopping carts randomly around, no. um, people always put their carts back. Yeah. Whereas other large companies, they don't. No, people, I know. Consumers take it for advantage. I mean, and it's not like a quarter is a lot of money with inflation going on here, mm-hmm. right, guys? So, they I mean, but they're paying it forward. And it's mm-hmm. created this weird, where this pushing this quarter in and out of the cart has created these healthy habits. I don't know how else to describe it because. When people are in the grocery store compared to, and this is, okay, and I'm just going to confess to everyone, I've literally gone there three days in a row right now because I'm trying to find like the quirk and what goes wrong here and like, okay, I have to buy the paper bags. Okay. And I'm, but I'm like, holy crap. Everyone in the store is in a good mood. Even the, like the shoppers included. I mean, I know every once in a while they're like, kid, mm-hmm. you're, you're bothering me. You can't have everything in the store. I, I get that. But they're not doing it at a volume or in an angrily aggressive way like I see at other stores. And I'm like, the thing about it is it all starts simply with that quarter and the grocery cart and the attitude that you now walk into the grocery store with is a completely different attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. And mind you, I think the other thing is, is they're smaller compared to traditional grocery stores. So they're not overwhelming. I think there's just too many aisles in a grocery store in this day and age, and there's not enough fresh products. And Audi just does this way of simplifying the way you grocery shop. I don't know how else to describe it, but it really starts, that simplification starts with almost being able and having the ability and the dignity to do a random act of kindness if you choose to, whether it's paying it forward, whether it's knowing you're going to come out and and put the cart away because you have to get your quarterback, it just weirdly instills that. So I just wanted to anchor that because we were talking about it and I just, I'm blown away by it, honestly. What a great business. Let me touch on that with you. So, you know, you said something about Nash Dogs and how he's affecting so many different um, people are trying to, you know, do something for themselves and improve themselves and how he pays it forward. I think that's one of the big things about food trucks is um, the trading of the food. Have you noticed how food truck vendors will trade food between themselves and that really strong community um, between ourselves? For me, I try to give free lemonade out. Um, You have to really, you're in front, when you're in the food truck industry, well, I guess it's really any big consumer thing, but we want a little bit more of a connection with the consumer than maybe a Walmart or a Target. Um, 
because it's just so special to us feeding someone, right? Food. So you try to pay attention. You get really, really busy. You've probably had these days. You get so slammed. You're just trying to get product in and get product out, but you really need to, to slow down a little bit. The people that work with me, I know that they want to make me happy and, and you know, we all want to be proud, but I actually have to tell them to slow down. It's okay. Slow down. Keep that connection with the customer. And I had an experience last night where I wish I had stopped and listened to my instinct when I was helping someone when they were buying lemonade. They wanted lemonade so bad that they literally paid me in coins. And I wish that I had stopped and listened and just given them the lemonade free. That was my takeaway when I left my event last night, I was paying it forward. And I, and I wish I had stopped and listened to my instinct and given probably their kids free lemonade. It was, it was like five or six people. But when you talk about paying it forward, something just so basic of giving someone a free sandwich or a free lemonade. So I try to do that whenever I do my events, pay it forward in some way. It's very interesting that we're talking about this. One, I do agree with you. There's, I won't call it a barter system because that's not accurate. You're not trading because you want to. But within the food truck community, at events, people do like, hey, um, do you want some of this? I'll, I'll do it. And that encourages you to give it to someone else. And I also do mm-hmm. see the giving aspect of the industry and people helping consumers and customers in a way that I haven't seen in a long time, okay? And, and like I said, I grew up in food. Uh, my father was in the food business. He was an entrepreneur with Marriott, with Roy Rogers and Big Boys when Marriott was in that business before they spun it off and they did rest stops and they put food on airplanes. And then my dad was part of a group that spun off all those companies and then he stayed and became CEO of the airline business and then grew to 122 kitchens around the world from the whatever number they had at the time. It was much, much lower than that. But the the thing about it is, is back then there was this sense of giving food and taking care of the community in the restaurants, in the food business, even if they were corporate. Um, and one of the things that I saw, and this is when I, the whole reason, because there's a lot of hot dog vendors in Nashville like it's like New York City now like back in the day in the 20s mm-hmm. when like Walter's Dogs and um uh geez what's the other Nathan's came out mm-hmm. and there's a yeah. lot of other hot dog companies that are in in New York okay some of them have grown I think Walter's Hot Dogs is going to become a national brand with the new generations and in, in their product because of their customer service and growing slowly but then in Nashville and I was always, I'm like, I got, I can't seem to get a hot dog food truck. I can't seem to get a hot dog vendor to get on the podcast. Okay. So that means, hmm. all right, I'm going to hunt them. Okay. Because when I can't, <laughs> like, I don't give up easily. And I'm like, wow, challenge accepted. Like, I have to go find them. And so I literally went around um, doing events. Okay, like at night, you know, different ones. I won't drop any other names on here. But and I would watch the customer service and I would watch the way they interacted and I would do whatever. Okay, and I'm like, huh, like I can see why 
they're not on the podcast. This podcast is paying it forward. The whole basis of this podcast is to help other entrepreneurs. A majority of our audience across 140 countries are other food entrepreneurs or individuals wanting to be food entrepreneurs. Okay, we have consumers out there, but like I said in a previous podcast, they're probably about 30% of our audience. Okay, so that's always the thing where when people ask me, how many viewers do you have? Well, if you're trying to get consumers in your restaurant, that's great. I'm sure there are some that listen to it, particularly in Nashville, because we have such a huge following there, particularly tourists coming into town. But a majority of this is just paying it forward. That's why we do this show. That's why I do the show. And so it's like, oh, I'm seeing what's going on here. It's like, oh, there's more people. Raise the price. Okay. And I will tell everyone on this show, I watched all the hot dog vendors downtown. The busier they got, the more they raised their price. Okay, Mm -hmm. and there's how many homeless people there, you know, needing food. And at the end of the night, I would watch all of them throw away their food. And I'm like, there's how many homeless people on the street? How many homeless Mm -hmm. people are in Nashville? Okay, so I'm like, okay, like, like, what is wrong here? Like, we're clearly benefiting from having our business here. We clearly see that we're part of this community. But are we? And so this is the craziest story. So I end up I end up going to a hospital in Nashville. I have to like dealing with a bladder issue at the time. I wasn't sure what it was. I know what it was now, thank God, and it's all better and went through all that stuff. But I'm literally it's like must be eleven o'clock at night and I'm out like in this hospital that's I ended up out there because I was working and at a meeting and I went to just the hospital that was the closest. And there's this little food hot dog cart. I'm like, gosh, that's a weird looking cart. Like he's not, he's standing on the cart. It looks like he built this thing on there. (laughs) I'm like, who is this guy? And up comes this family. Like they've been in the emergency room. I've been watching them all night. They're struggling. They're obviously like hungry. They've been there on and off all night. Their daughter's like sick in the hospital. Turns out they've been in and out for days. They obviously are not well off. And I watched Michael literally give them, like, I think they bought one hot dog and he gave them the rest. I I don't remember. And it just, I was like, huh? Who is this guy? And what other brands? And so, you know, I think about it for a while. I'm like, huh, that left an impact on me. I don't do anything at the time because I'm still, you know, in my own headspace with whatever's going on with me. Walk into Opry Mills Mall. I see this line at this hot dog place. (laughs) I'm like, what? Nash Dogs, I swear that's the same one. Like, food cart that looks like he like he built it himself to this thing in Opry Mills Mall. And there must be, and it's the off-season in Nashville at this time. I'm like, there must be a line of 30 people there at lunchtime waiting for the hot dogs. He's got an employee there. It's not him, the same guy. But I recognize just by the way he acted at the food cart at the hospital that he's the owner or the entrepreneur behind it or one of them because I could just tell by the way he moved. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, so I'm like, I've got to try one of these hot dogs, right? Line keeps building. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, and his booth in the mall is just so well done. The photos and the attention to detail, he's done it all himself. But just for the audience, and I didn't tell, I should have told this on Michael's podcast, but I didn't, but I felt like now's a good time, is eventually I'm like, I have to meet this individual. I have to get him on my podcast. I have to figure it out. 
though it's the craziest thing i would say that michael and i are really good friends at this point i have just just from the sheer point of we've known each other for maybe five months now six months roughly but i watched the way he handled his business i watched the way his employees took ownership and handled the business and didn't argue over things if someone wanted extra sauce and they had already bought five hot dogs they weren't going to be oh it's a dollar fifty no he's like i never do that either just they already bought the food they forgot something give them they bought how much food okay so i do that too same thing people like boba i had boba juice popping bobas in my lemonade (laughs) teenagers go crazy yeah so it's the same thing with michael like just someone will say oh you have bobas i'm like yep is that going to cost me more nope let's just throw it in there yeah let's make them happy it's one of the and it was just okay this is a brand this yep. is here for the consumer. It recognizes that they're spending money. It recognizes also that they have hardship. It also recognizes that while we're for-profit businesses, that there's a community out there we need to help. And, yes, very and, much. And I want to anchor this for everyone, okay? McDonald's does something that many companies don't do, okay? And I am in the health food game, so I get what, what what's going on there, but McDonald's does two things that no one else has done one they have a cast of characters they don't only have one mascot so everyone can relate to one of them at least when we were growing up they all played a role okay the second thing that they do really 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 well is the ronald mcdonald house okay oh yeah they give back to their communities at an extent that is unbelievable they ask Mm -hmm. for donations but they also donate their profits and they get the franchisees to donate profits Mm. as well okay so that giving back to the community and paying things forward for the gifts you've been given and everyone's seen the ray Kroc movie in the mcdonald's and you know he took the business from the mcdonald's brothers but and he was a hardcore businessman swallowing up territory but what you don't also see is that he had an altruistic mindset that's why there's the cast characters that's why he created the diversity in the menu that he did that's also why the ronald mcdonald house exists Okay. It's funny that you said that about like giving forward because Michael and I were talking like two weeks ago. I said, you know, so Justin reached out to me about being on the podcast. And, you know, I said, I don't, I didn't answer him back right away because I wasn't really sure I had any value to add. I'm so, I'm so new to this. And he said, how old are you? <laughs> and I told him how old I was, you know, cause he was just being, trying to remind me. And he was like, look at what you're doing. Look at what you're starting at your age and what you're trying to accomplish. So Michael's just, he's just a tremendous person to be around. His dogs are amazing. Only hot dogs I'll eat. I don't like, I don't like to eat hot dogs too often. And his are the only ones that I will eat. He's amazing. (laughs) I agree with you on this. And I agree his toppings and the way he constructs things and his attention to detail is is spot on. That grilled bun is what I like. (laughs) Yeah. I like that he uses mayonnaise. I'm like, no, like I spent a lot of time in Europe and I like mayonnaise on my hot dogs. And so it's just one of those things for me. I also like that he has one that he breaks up chips on. So it's like, oh, a, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm those a kid all chips. over again. Yeah. Yep. It's like the cotton candy. Exactly. That's exactly it. It's like the cotton <laughs> candy. Um, yep. So Pam, I love, I love where this is going. But I want to talk a little bit more about you and your business. When you started this, um, 
were there sort of core values and principles like and we've touched upon them i feel in this episode but i kind of want to anchor them for the audience are there core values or, or principles that you really wanted your business to represent as you started this and you've been growing it mm. and what are they oh gosh core values um I think, I think I just want a fun experience. I want to have fun doing what I'm doing. It's such hard work. Um, and I want the consumer, I just want the people that are buying lemonade to have fun when they're buying it. So they walk away with just a good feeling. You know, I think that's, I, I'm not a really complicated person. And I just, I just want people to be happy. But I think that's what food's about. I guess that's my core value is just happiness and them coming back and liking the lemonade. I like that. I think probably your customer service is one and your high quality product. Is I can't wait for you to taste my lemonade. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, and I'll be back in Nashville here soon. So I'm definitely heading your way next time I can. <laughs> the, um, it's really cool. Um, what you've, what you've done here um and we've talked about the catering and the bridal showers and maybe even bachelorette parties i think there's probably even like lemonade shipping because bachelorette parties are so popular in nashville i'm just going to plant a seed there because i've noticed in some of the consulting i've done is that the bachelorette parties that come into nashville like the yoga the the food coming to them the chefs that they bring into their airbnbs because airbnbs it's not only about the hotels there's a ton of hotels booming there but these airbnb experiences and these caterings and these things i think it would probably be a cool thing as well but i'm that's the seed i'm going to plant um and i don't know where it'll go but i do see it a lot with a lot of the businesses i am working with and food trucks that have found sort of this trend to do what I would call small, smaller catered events, you know, 12 to 20 to 30 women uh, that are there for a bachelorette party, which is really kind of crazy, but it is a lot of the population that does come there. So there's that. But where do you want this to go? What are your dreams for this? Like, how do you want to grow this business and, and where? Like, meaning, where do you want it to go? See, so that's a really great question because that is a constant thought in my daily thinking, I think, how do I grow this? How do I scale? Do I leave my full-time job at some point? Um, that's one of the things that Michael's really good about. Um, you know, we only know what we know, right? And we need different people with different experience and different skill set to come into our life because I think that's the only way we're going to be successful if those people that see something in you and like you just said, planting seeds. So I think about that a lot. Like, where do I want this to go? Um, I think right now I'm just trying to find that balance of continuing to work and I want it to grow and scale. So I started last June and I think I'm continuing to do that. I think eventually I would like it to be a full-time job. I know that it's not viable to stay in the tent environment. It's funny that you, you asked that because um, I, I need to have a more permanent vehicle. I think that's a challenge for people. What, we, what do you call food people on the weekends? Weekend warriors? 
how do you how do you scale from a tent? I mean, that's just an open ended question. Um, I also, I'm not a real big person that um, likes debt, so trying to find that balance in my process on how I grow and make this more not just a weekend warrior type of thing, um, because I'm going to need a vehicle to scale. So I also think that I need to add a food product. So what's that food product going to be? I'm not going to cook burgers. I'm not going to make barbecue. I'm not going to grill hot dogs, right? Um, Because think about me just as a, as a older person. Um, and what, what can I, how can I scale but still offer food? So that's a big thing for me right now. A lot of open-ended questions for me. So I do see myself in probably, you know, three years for sure, no longer working and trying to make this really full time because I really think I am onto something, you know, corporate events, um, just making it bigger. It's just a wonderful thing to do. And I love lemonade, but I want to make it grow beyond that. So I'm really not sure. That's just an open-ended question. Love it. You know, Michael's mentioned to me a few times about the bartending side of it. I get people ask, people ask me a lot um, if it's a alcoholic or non-alcoholic because I'm using an alcohol um, flavoring that they, they relate to it being used for drinks. So how could I scale that to be another aspect of my business, right? You don't just have to be a one-trick pony unless you want to be. If that's what you want and you're happy and you're you're content and it's fulfilling what you need, that's okay. But if you are that type of entrepreneur, Michael is one of those people. He's looking constantly. It's like a it's like a wagon wheel. You got that core circle. Think all these spokes going out. And so, what's this spoke going to be like? How am I going to how am I going to make this spoke work? What what doesn't work? What will work? Just finding your growth pattern. I think that's a big challenge in the food truck industry is do you find that a lot of food truck vendors just try to invent the wheel on their own and that kind of can cause them to fail because they don't have the resources or the people out there that are helping them in some aspect to grow or next steps? I mean, I, uh, I feel like the best food truck vendors and food trailer vendors um, have a community around them. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. just, um, it's a good support system outside of food as well. I would say that that's definitely key, but that support system within the, within the industry is essential. Uh, I don't know how else to describe it, but those who kind of stick on their own or try to keep playing by the old rules, I don't care if they've been around for 20 years, they suddenly go extinct. And I don't mm-hmm. know why, it, um, you know, it's not a hard cost, but it's that soft cost of not being part of the community. And exactly. I will tell you from my own experience and being an investor and being an, a, a consultant, I can usually, I can tell whether it's worth investing my time and my money uh, in individuals or their businesses, depending on a, their support system and B how much of a part of the community there is. So like I Mm -hmm. mentioned about those hot dogs and the the homeless, it's just, okay. Like, eh, 
like you're probably not going to be around for a while. Why? Because you're not giving back to your community. Like life only allows you to take so much before you have to give it back. And if you're not giving it back constantly or paying it forward, then you're going to run out of room like eventually. And there's not the support in the community to help your business keep going after you're gone or if something bad happens to you. Your staff isn't going to have that attitude, that altruistic attitude of giving to the community, of being part of the community, of working harder some days that because there is a greater purpose. And so to answer your question, the growth happens from learning from others. The growth does happen from support within your community. I think your partnership, for lack of not partnership, but your relationship with Michael as a, a mentor, I, get, I think you both mentor each other in kind of a crazy way in my talking to him also is that you've benefited him as much as he's benefited you uh, in the learning experience. But I think that there's probably, you know, you talked about needing food. And if I were to be like, okay, I'm going to take one idea from this and tell you something I told you about the the bachelorette parties. Mm -hmm. But the second thing is, is maybe it's not your trailer. Maybe it's you're producing it. You still have your stands and you get into your own trailer or your own truck. Yes. But also there's how many food trucks and trailers that if you were mm-hmm. pre-making your ingredients and you set each one of them up with like three mixtures, you know, three infusions, strawberry, peach, watermelon for lack, for or blueberry, whatever it is. And each one of those food trucks that are your partners could also sell your product and you could wholesale it to them and they'd sell it out of their trailers and it build your brand also. You can have it. This is the deal. Here's the markup. Here's the cups. Here's our things and you guys sell it. And that's not, I'm just saying, like how many people in the world sell ICs? You know, yeah. it's a big thing in the South. It's like a Slurpee for anyone who doesn't know what that icy is. It's owned by Coca-Cola actually. And how many places have put in ICs and then sold it even though they're food restaurants? I mean, I went to a restaurant the other day in Nashville that had ICs on their menu. You get different flavor ICs or alcoholic ICs, to your point about the alcohol. So it may be also partnering. It may be also finding partners that are in the bar business or in the alcohol business or whatever already and having them name drinks after you also. I don't know. But I think that there's part of that to answer your question. Um, I grew a company called Food Service Partners for 24 years. Now I'm in the next part of that and out of that and new business partners and we call it Freedom Foods. But we were partners with everyone that we worked with and it was an interesting model because we relied on the partnership of our vendors, our clients, but also sometimes people that were also in our industry that were doing what we were doing even though maybe not the same as us like we didn't bake products other than muffins or cornbread muffins so if we needed cakes and breads and stuff like that to fit the diets in the hospitals we had partners that were doing the same thing we were so I think there's some of that but I would also say this Pam I think that for you it's eventually going to be taking that initial leap when you're ready to be full-time. Because I believe the minute that you commit to it full-time and you're ready to do that and you're able to take on more events, um, you know, like a Wednesday through Sunday or whatever, because that's the busiest time in Nashville, then mm-hmm. you're probably going to find what you're looking for. You know? I totally agree with you on that. I'm so excited. My next step is, is the logistics of a vehicle. 
the being as streamlined as possible with the packing and the organization and the cleanup and the setup. That's my next step as a vehicle. And then, you know, Justin, when you're, when you're selling to the consumer something that they're eating and consuming, it's that experience that I'm finding. I watch other food trucks and what I sell is such a um, personable experience. Think about who I am selling lemonade to. A lot of really tiny, short people <laughs> that, yeah. are, that are five, six, seven, and eight. Well, when they're at a food truck, they can't, they're not interacting with those people up there in the window mm-hmm. because they can't see what's going on in there. So when you talk about how I'm going to grow and my steps where I see myself in, you know, three years or so, um, I want to scale this with a vehicle that I can still be so that the, you know, I might have two, I'm thinking about a big van with a big awning that comes out and everything still stays in the van. We whip out the awning. We can still use our tables and our branded tables, things like that. But I can still have that experience with the kids and the families. That's kind of where I'm thinking with this, with the next step. And I love this because you should look up Candy Zoo Truck. Um, okay. they, they were on my podcast as well. They, there's an episode, I don't know the episode off the top of my head, but if you reach out to them and mention that you've been on my podcast, they'll definitely will get back to you and talk to you. But they had this same mindset because candy is for kids. Yeah. I mean, it's for adults. Yeah. But when they picked their food truck, it was a bus, like a, like a school bus type thing. And yeah. they have low windows also. Even though they're elevated, they had like the window displays also below the shelf so the kids could see in there and yes. see and pick things and still be a part of it. And yep. they have a different model than you have. But one of the things I think is interesting about them is they were three older women, for lack of a better term. And I it's don't mean okay. older by, to me, they're not older. Okay. By season, saying season, that, season, like, Justin, like season. but everyone thinks if you're 40 or older that you're old these days. And I'm like, maybe it's always been that way, but I don't feel very old at 43, almost 44 <laughs> years old. I'm just beginning my new life. Like my second, my, I call it my 3.0 entrepreneurial years. There was when I was a kid, there was from when I was 18 to 42. And now there's like from 42 to the end of my life. And, but I think that there's a lot in common here. Like when they started, who their market is, uh, children, the things like that. And what you're talking about that level and being able to market to them. And when you talk about food, maybe it's not something that you have to cook. You know, maybe it's Mm -hmm. not something you have to produce. Maybe it's something that just complements what you're already doing. And the cotton candy is already part of your business model. And if you were to cook something, maybe it's like a funnel cake or something, and it goes along with the lemonade. I don't know. And I get it. Like, funnel cakes are typically fairs. Interestingly, we used to buy this weird mix with a pourer when we when I'd go visit my aunts and uncles during the summer, and you could buy it in the store, and you would just pour it in your, in your fryer or whatever, yeah. your pot with oil in it because we didn't have fryers then that were plug in that you could put on your counter that's a new thing with everyone having an actual fryer in their home we used to do it the old-fashioned way the stove a pot and oil and um same one we made um before microwaves really took off even though we had one in my house we used to make popcorn that way also still prefer it that way the jiffy pop yeah jiffy (laughs) pop and um 
you know, I think that there's probably a connection there. And everyone in the audience would, I like connecting people because I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the solutions. I think networking is a major way. And I think if you reach out to them, they'd love to talk okay. and, and do whatever um, help or maybe give you ideas because they're just, they have a similar demographic. I would say they have adults who love it, just like adults love lemonade. But at the end of the day, there's this whole kid population that really, really loves lemonade, hence the lemonade stands. And we've had another entrepreneur on here and his two sons created AJ's Lemonade. Uh, while they were kids during COVID and now they're, they have a business growing around that, you know? Yes. So um, there's another episode for you if you wanted to listen to that one and what they're doing um, and how they've added basically sandwiches and a panini press, I believe to their model. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I have to go back and look um, and I may be mixing it up with another beverage episode, but like there's there's that as well and i'm sure he would be happy to talk to you as well and, and they're very open but they started his son started it and now the parents are helping the sons grow it as they grow older but they literally started it as oh i have a lemonade stand as a kid like we all did um yeah and so i think that that's cool as well pam and i appreciate you coming on the episode is there anything you wanted to add to what i just said no i i am extremely grateful and thankful that you asked me to be on the show it's it's just been very um rejuvenating to talk to you very insightful yeah and we're not done yet i'm gonna be harassing you for a part two that's what i do (laughs) (laughs) i like i I get i like uh i like telling the story i don't think the story ever ends and i think too many podcasts and too many interviews are just snapshots they aren't continuing to tell the story or the growth of the hardships of the entrepreneur so um, that's what I try to do here Um, and as we wrap up is there anything you want to share like maybe there's something I missed or a question that you had in the pre-questions that maybe we didn't get to or anything that you feel the audience might benefit from that I haven't discussed with you Um, it's your show and I want to give you the mic as we sort of wrap things up here no, I think I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful that you, you know, asked me to be on the show. Um, come, come get some lemonade from me. And if anyone lis- listens to the podcast and they've heard this, um, tell me about it and might hand out some free lemonade. Well, there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Pam. I appreciate you. Um, if anyone's in the audience, you'd like this episode. You would like the Nash Dog episodes we mentioned, Candy Zoo, AJ's Lemonade. There's, I dropped four different names, including this one, uh, including Pam's, and Nana's Lemonade, just so everyone's aware. Um, and speaking of which, where can they find you online, Pam? Uh, my Instagram and my Facebook is Nana's Lemonade TN, and the website is nanaslemonade.com. Awesome. And thank you for that. If you guys definitely go follow her on Instagram and Facebook, you'll be very happy with what you find. And I mean, it just makes me drool. It really, I really dove into it, especially with the cotton candy and the infused um, lemonade. You can see them all on there. And the way she sets up her pop-ups, which I'm going to just drop this one also. It is outstanding, the marketing and the eye-grabbing way you set up your tents or your canopies whatever you want to call them the way you do your signage all of it i think is just a top a uh branding for your business and it's very eye-catching and it's very appealing and it's very drawing in because that's what we try to do we want people to try our product but you have to draw them in 
You have mm-hmm. to draw in the humans in order for them to become customers or loyal customers. So I think you do a great job with that. So I'm going to be really interested to see how I grow and a year from now, how the branding looks or two years from now, because that's something that um, you just have to continuously try to evolve and Absolutely. get that and get that set. Yeah, it's, it's, I love that. And I like that you have a growing mindset, meaning you're always, never be stagnant, always be growing. So um, that's definitely a core value there, um, I think, about you as well. And then your positive attitude and positive outlook, definitely another core value since we talked about those uh, before as well. So again, if you guys like any of the episodes I mentioned, you like this episode, I don't care what platform you're listening on. Give us five stars. Write a good review. It helps when you actually write comments. It helps when you give five stars. It helps the entrepreneur story get out there. It helps other entrepreneurs hear the episode because it benefits the algorithm. That's just the way it is. And honestly, it helps a lot of individuals out there who are trying to figure out how to make their own way in the world and find freedom and find independence. And food entrepreneurs, there's more of us in the world than any other profession, okay? I just want everyone to think about that. Think about all across the world how many food entrepreneurs are out there, even in countries that quote-unquote don't have the same freedom and independence we have. There's still food entrepreneurs in those countries running mom-and-pop shops, running restaurants, running businesses. So that's something for everyone to just think about. That's why we are in 140-plus countries when there's less than 200 countries across the world. So that just gives everyone an idea of the impact and why it's so important that we continue to share this message. It shares freedom. It shares independence. It shares liberty. It shares making our own way in the world and building our own legacies for ourselves, for our families, for humanity. So thank you, everyone, for listening in. I appreciate all of you guys. I love all of you guys in the audience. Thank you for always DMing questions. Thank you for always coming up with ideas. Thank you for all the entrepreneurs who are constantly reaching out to me to be on the show. I appreciate you guys as well. I'm trying to get back with all of you guys. We're, my team has shuffled a little bit, so we're trying to get back on into the swing of things as vacations and summer and transitions have happened, interns out, interns in type thing because the school year's starting. So please have patience with us, but I appreciate all of it. Keep it coming. And... If you want to find me, you can find me personally at Justin Bizarro on Instagram, Facebook, and Threads. If you want to find this show, you can find it at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to listen to this or any of the other shows we do, you can just type in my last name, B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And you can find us on any of those platforms. But if you want the best one, You can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. So thank you, everyone, and we're out. Thank you, Justin.